Hello, and welcome to our first edition of our 2021 version of our orientation, our family orientation parent podcast. I'm excited to get into the meat of the material for this coming year. I couldn't be more thrilled to, to be joined by today's guest. We have Dr. Brian Jones, our Director of University Admissions. He's got decades of experience um, here at our university, helping students and families uh, on board and get connected here with our university, both from perspective all the way through getting enrolled. And he's got a wealth of information to share, not only with what um, is going on in a normal year related to, to admissions and coming into the university, but obviously the impact that the pandemic has had with us here today. So with, with that kind of start here, Brian, welcome. Why don't you uh, share with our listeners a little bit, about, little bit about who you are, your history, and why you're excited to be a Maverick. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me, David. It's uh, my first podcast experience, so uh, hopefully I don't screw it up too badly. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Most people that I know, uh, like myself, that get into the field of admissions uh, kind of back into it unknowingly. And so when I came to college at Minnesota State Mankato back in 1997, I knew the major that I wanted in public relations and journalism. I didn't know what career path I wanted. And after being a tour guide, and working with other students and families kind of in their journey to, to search for colleges and being a first-generation college student myself, when I found out there was an admissions officer position opening when I graduated in 2001, it just seemed like a perfect fit. And so, you know, ever since 2001, I've been employed by the university. They're paying me now instead of the other way around, which is, is pretty great. But what I still, the favorite part of my job is still this, what we're doing today, which is the opportunity to connect with students and families, most of whom are navigating a pretty intimidating process and have a lot of questions and or might be really intimidated um, and really trying to take some of the stigma out of that, uh, answer those questions, help explain um, how to go about a healthy search process. And it can't be more relevant than uh, where we're at now uh, in a pandemic for sure. Excellent, excellent. Well, I, I have the great pleasure of seeing you do your work day in and day out. So it's it's great fun. And I see the passion that you bring to it as, as a former Maverick uh, student and now a Maverick employee here. So thanks for carving out some time today and for all you do and, and work with your staff. So we may have some listeners who are trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do for fall 2021. In the midst of this pandemic, I know some students a year ago push pause on their own academic plans and decided to take either a gap year or a gap semester. Um, we've got high school seniors now that have had, gosh, 12 plus months of disruption in their, in their learning experience as they at the high school level and, and looking ahead to this fall to try and figure out what things are, might be like and, and does it still make sense to go? Does it make sense to apply? Is it too late to apply? Those sort of things. Um, additionally, we, um, we do, I'm gonna insert a little bit of pandemic info here. We're recording this on uh, the day after St. Patrick's Day, so March 18th. And um, what we know at this point in the state of Minnesota, we are now into phase 1B, I believe, technically is what it is of the vaccine distribution. So that is persons age 50 and older who have, are either healthy or have one or more health concerns. And so we are making progress. And the governor believes that all adults within the state, I believe by May 1, will have the vaccine with the um, a younger population following thereafter. So we are looking at a fall where everybody likely who wants to get the vaccine will likely have had the opportunity to do that. So that's great help as we do our own planning here at this point in time. And then throughout uh, additional podcasts throughout the summer, I'll provide additional updates based on what we know, but that's what we know as of today. With that is a setting, Brian, is it too late to apply or decide to attend this fall? 
Uh, great question. And, and we have the good fortune of being able to say, no, it certainly isn't too late. I think in, in normal times and culturally, we're used to the fall of senior year being the really frantic uh, finalizing search, apply for admission and, and, you know, and be done with it, you know, before the holidays, the students winter or their senior year. And, and so this year with the pandemic, boy, not much of anything was able to really happen in the fall. People were trying to figure out and schools were trying to figure out, are we going to be in person? How are we going to teach students? Students certainly weren't in very much contact with their counselors. And, and I think college planning understandably took a back seat, right? To everything else that was a priority. And so, you know, fortunately here at Minnesota State Mankato, our application deadline, you know, has always been just five days before the semester begins, which is in August prior to the fall semester. So there's nothing ever stopping a student from applying in March or, or June or July for that matter, for the coming fall. We would ordinarily instruct students to start that planning process in the fall, but understanding that so many weren't able to or, or didn't, very happy to, to say that we're, we're seeing probably our, our, our largest uptick in applications in the year so far in this cycle right now during the month of March. We have the, the good fortune of being able to waive undergraduate application fees during this month through March 31st. And so there's still time for folks to take advantage of that and we encourage them to. You know, once a student's admitted, we typically walk them through, hey, make sure you've submitted the FAFSA so you can be considered for financial aid. Um, make sure to get signed up for housing through our residential life office and make sure to get signed up for orientation to get your advising and pick your classes. Those are the typical steps that happen after admission. And the good news is, is there's still plenty of time to do all those things. And uh, because so many of our incoming students and families have been impacted and this delay is kind of universal. And so um, it certainly isn't too late. And for those students who applied and got admitted and are kind of waiting to see what happens, you know, you articulated really well, David, that the state of our vaccine rollout in the state of Minnesota is really exciting and really promising. And so I know personally, I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to our office staff moving back into our offices and in-person experiences uh, this summer and into the fall. And uh, I think our students uh, can start looking forward to that as well for this fall. Uh, excellent, that's good to hear. I think we're all, no matter what, you're, what you do in society here in the country, we're ready for a little bit more back to, to normal or even if it's a new normal, it'll, it'll feel more normal. Without a doubt. Uh, Brian, you know, and, and listeners may not know, but I've got a high school senior, right? And a high school junior in my family. And so I've had a front row seat to kind of watch my kids navigate their high school experience. And, and part of that experience has been the preparation and getting ready for standardized testing, right? Of ACT. My kids didn't look at the SAT, but ACTs, I think my son had at least four, four <laughs> testing dates canceled in his preparation, right? It just really messed up students everywhere. And so I know our university has pivoted a little bit to help make sure we can still address um, students' ability to enroll and, and, and be a part of the Maverick family here at our university. Can you share a little bit more about what, what is the university decided to do regarding tests and test scores? Sure. You know, I think personally, one of the greatest tragedies that I see every year is the amount of stress and pressure that kids put on themselves and to some extent us as parents and, and, you know, society in general, so much pressure on these, on these tests, right. On standardized college entrance exams, SAT and ACT being the most prominent. And we know that there's limits to what those test scores truly tell us about students. Any college admissions professional will tell you 
that the best indicator of a student's preparation for college is their body of work from grades nine through 12 in their high school. But without a doubt, college entrance exams uh, have played a huge role in the landscape. And so, as you mentioned, uh, your son is, is, not, uh, is not the only one, right, that was disrupted in that testing environment. And so I think we, we made the decision pretty early on to go test optional for the fall of 2020, last spring. We extended it through this fall of 2021, pretty early on in the fall, to, because we knew this whole cycle, this whole year of seniors was going to have disruption in their ability to take tests. And then um, just around December, January of this year, we made the decision to extend that test optional admission policy through the fall of 2022. Because in the state of Minnesota, so many school districts, in fact, all of them, I believe, are required to make an ACT or SAT test available to their juniors. Uh, and so because of the pandemic, the ability to sit in a classroom with other people and concentrate on a test is just not viable, has not been viable. Um, you know, we hope that we get back to, to safety in those environments, uh, certainly sooner than later. But I think this whole opportunity of being test optional has given us a great chance to think about how tests are utilized in our process. And so, you know, the, the second question that I get most commonly other than are you test optional is, you know, what does that mean for us? Um, it's got different definitions. And so first and foremost, our test optional policy uh, is very specifically around the admission policy. And what it means is that students have the option as to whether or not they submit their test scores. If they choose not to or weren't able to sit for a test and they don't submit scores to us, we're not gonna penalize them in admissions or course placement, at least for the fall of 21, and, and, or in scholarship awarding. Um, however, if students do submit test scores to us, we are going to use them. So we made a change to our admission policy about five years ago that really elevated high school GPA and course work to more prominence and de-emphasized the test scores in the process. And so we kind of already have that baked into our process and we feel that the weight that we place on GPA and test score is, is pretty fairly balanced based on our data of student success. Um, and so if students submit those scores, we're going to use them for the admission purposes, um, but they certainly have the option to not submit them. And the goal is really to protect students from being impacted negatively you know, by things that they had no control over, uh, which is so much of our lives during this pandemic. Well, I, I um, obviously I've been a part of those those conversations, decision, and feel really good about it. I think it, it makes a sense. It's, it's recognizing kind of the humanity and some of the structures that have been impacted by this whole pandemic. And and I know some schools have chosen to go like you know test optional versus test blind, and there's all these various flavors, if you will, to the inability to get some of the standardized testing dates uh, that occurred. Um, the, to really reinforce what you were just saying there. The idea of test optional is if you don't have it, don't worry about it. If you do have it, we're going to use it to figure out the best support mechanism for you in the event that your test score may not be um, as high as you might have thought or, or wish it would have been. And so that's to me is kind of another example of how the university has provided additional support and resources to make sure our students are successful. I capture that right? Without a doubt. You know, uh, for all of our admission benchmarks, right, or numbers on a page. And we know that that doesn't tell the whole story of a student. And so anybody that doesn't meet our automatic admission benchmark has the opportunity to submit some additional information for us to do a more holistic review. And you're, you're spot on in terms of the, the philosophy of that is, is 
I think reflected in all of the steps universities taken since pandemic started to provide the support necessary for our students. And so the more information we can get about a student's preparation for college, the easier it is for us to help meet their needs when they're here to be successful. Uh, that sounds great. You know, one of, um, shifting gears a little bit here, uh, as we sit at the kitchen table at night, my, my senior is making his plans and I'm super proud of him. He's made a choice to go somewhere else, but that's life. <laughs> But his, his greatest concern is what, what are classes going to look like for this coming fall? You know, he's had since last spring, he's had uh, fits of start and stops, online, in-person, hybrid, all these various things. And some fit your learning style, some don't. And that's, I've watched my high schooler be super frustrated with that. You know, to, to the degree that you know right now, Brian, what are the plans for the fall? And are we looking at just fully an online experience? Well, it's a great question, and it's the biggest concern in everyone's mind, right? And I think as we, as I look at our recruitment cycle and the pattern of applications this year, without a doubt, that unknown over the educational experiences has played a huge role in, in the timing of people's decisions. The really exciting part, we were optimistic all the way along that this spring, um, we would start to get answers about when we, our students might be able to be back uh, to a more normal experience. And I think it's exceeded my expectation, certainly to hear the governor say that by May 1, anybody who, who wants one, any adult in the state would be eligible for vaccines. And it was about that time that the university administration came out. And I know I, I read, I enjoyed your, your op-ed in the free press uh, last week, uh, articulating for folks that the instruction to our faculty for this fall is to be offering as much in-person instruction as possible. Um, and, you know, we had students in residence halls all this last year. You know, we had student activities and, and other um, social events taking place on campus. They were socially distanced. They were masked. It was, certainly wasn't normal. Uh, but it was pretty amazing to see my colleagues uh, across our division in student affairs in particular, but all over the university, providing an experience for students uh, to round out that education. And it's so rewarding to to really get the sense that this fall, there's going to have, be far fewer restrictions on those things. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for students to connect with each other in their residence halls, in the stands at some of our Maverick sporting events in the fall, uh, and certainly in the classroom, uh, which is really what everybody's craving. Yeah, I, I think that has nailed it. Um, you know, one of the things I think, in addition to some of our changes with our admission um, policy, test scores and such, is our investment in the technology to make sure that a student can attend class in person if they want because of social distancing, or if they weren't feeling well that day, or just more concerned, if you will, about what the environment might be like, that they could absorb and attend that class through our program called Flexing. Um, sitting in your apartment, your home, wherever it might be, your residence hall room, taking in the same information from that professor who's in the classroom. And to know that that will be an option still in the fall. Uh, you know, I, I keep having conversations with um, friends and family about from the what, what's going to stick after the pandemic, right? And, and I do think this is one of those areas that uh, as we talk about whether it's masking or, or whatever it might be, if you have the sniffles and the regular cold or flu in the future, once we're beyond this, as a student, you would have the potential tool to still attend class and not feel like you've got to drag yourself out with a headache or whatever it might be. You can just, you know, literally roll over, log in and and attend that class in a way because we've got the infrastructure to do that and that will that will be there going forward. 
And so I, I think that's going to be, it's a little bit of disruption in the learning experience, I think, it's been for folks. But um, our professors every semester are getting more comfortable with it. Um, we've seen that change already here this spring from the fall. And I think as you just move forward, you're going to see it. So um, if I'm going to underline or bold anything you shared today, we expect to be back in person this fall. And we are moving 100% towards that reality. And so as you're making your uh, admission or enrollment decisions on that, that's what Minnesota State Mankato is planning on doing. So uh, super thrilled about that. And I appreciate you being the conveyor of that, that message here today. I'm happy to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Brian, I shared a little bit and probably embarrassed you at the start with uh, kind of, you've got great history here at the university and, and um, you have worked with thousands and thousands of prospective students, admitted students and their families. And, and, and you, you've had conversations, you've made presentations such, when, when someone stops you in the grocery, grocery aisle of our town or, or a family friend of yours says, hey, uh, my kid's now heading off to college, what are the pieces of advice that you, you always share with them? Sure, well, it's, it's really fun. I, professionally, that's been my life for you know, about 20 years now. Um, but personally now having a ninth grader, right? So I'm, I'm starting to, after having friends and colleagues go through the college search process, it starts to get real. And, and then as, as you start to watch your own student go through it, right? It, it becomes even more real. And so, you know, I think for me, I tipped my hand a little bit already with, with the test uh, piece earlier, but I just, I feel so badly for, for students and families these days. There's so much pressure that they place on themselves on finding the right fit, the one place, the the one test score, the one college, the only place that they can be happy, right? And, and that's just, it's just so false. I mean, the reality is there's so many good options for students um, and college is gonna be what they make of it. You gotta put in the work to make sure that the places you're exploring uh, are the right fit, you know? So, so starting by sitting down as a family and for the student to ask themselves questions about what's important to them. Do they really wanna be six hours and a flight away from mom and dad? Or do they really want to be within driving distance to come home for the weekend? Do a realistic financial conversation. You know, can we afford to, to be, you know, again, that far away or at a more expensive institution or what have you, what, what's feasible? And then two, you know, where do I want to live? You know, do I want to be in a big city or a small town? Um, those sound simple. They, they sound oversimplified, but that really is going to shape the type of place where, where a student belongs. And then the other thing, this is a part that the students don't like when I tell them this, but, you know, they've got some homework to do before their senior year. So, you know, the uh, applying to 20 different schools because you haven't narrowed your choices is, is a nightmare. Um, talk, it's way too much work to go through the application process and, and the housing process and all these various things at 20 different schools. And so the biggest piece of advice, you know, it's, it's never too early for students and families to start visiting campuses. But even if you're going with siblings or on a vacation, you pop in and you just start walking around campuses and getting a feel and narrowing that list so that by the time your senior year comes around, you know, three to five colleges uh, are, are kind of on your short list. For, for parents and families and students this year in this pandemic altered year, okay, it's not fall of senior year, it's spring of senior year, but that still holds true. You know, if you've got a short, a short list, three to five schools max, getting applications in, getting on campuses now, you know, we have the ability to offer tours. We have open house events coming up through the spring and summer. It's not too late to, to walk around and get a feel for it. But that's going to make your work more manageable and make that stressful decision, you know, between now and, and August when fall starts uh, that much easier. And then, you know, once you make that decision, 
uh, embrace it. I guarantee you when, when, when you and your students get here this fall, uh, regardless of the, the surrounding circumstances, you're gonna feel the maverick love. The fall time on a college campus is just magical uh, and, and just commit to it, you know, and embrace it. And it's a lot of fun. Wow, that's uh, got me excited for fall. Though I'm ready for summer first, I must admit. Yeah, well, yeah, let's let's not skip that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, that's great advice. And we're walking that walk right now, as I shared, and it's fun. And we're about ready to start it again with a, a high school junior who's uh, about ready to do it. So I'm going to share your words of wisdom with her, that's for certain. Um, Brian, I can't begin to thank you enough, not only for agreeing to do today's podcast and sharing you know, your wealth of knowledge and, and some of the changes that the university has made in response to the pandemic and and what our plans are for the fall, but just all you've done here at the university over the years. It's been great to, to see you be a part of our, the success that we're experiencing. So thank you so much for that. And any parting words? I'm grateful for the opportunity. I, clearly, I love this place. It's done so much for my family and I, my wife as an alumna of the university. I've got one daughter that's already committed to me that she's planning on coming. Hopefully I'll get more than one, but it's just a magical place. And so I, my favorite part about it is getting a chance to to show others what we're all about and tell others what we're all about. So appreciate the invitation today. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. I should have mentioned earlier. So yesterday was a big day for us <clears throat> as we're closing out here today. We did announce we have a brand new president. <laughs> yes. I should have probably should have started with that. But incoming president-elect is uh, Dr. Edward Inch coming to us from California State uh, East Bay. Can't be, can't be more thrilled with him arriving here um, mid to later part of the summer and and We'll have a, another special element to this coming fall. So we're thrilled for that and excited to be celebrating the end of President Davenport's uh, tenure here over 19 years as well. And our new students are going to be not the only new ones here on campus. We're going to have a new president who's, well, maybe we'll be able to call him a freshman as well or first year student, but uh, uh, it's going to be exciting that way as well. So, Yeah, he, he impressed me. I'm, I'm really excited to meet uh, Dr. Anch. I, the thing that stood out for me and I think is, is a huge benefit to our incoming students and families he made such a point of emphasizing the importance of the student experience in guiding his work as a leader in higher ed. And so I just think it's a great win for our university and, and for our students. Absolutely. Well, again, Brian, thank you so much. And, and all of those who tuned in and listened uh, to this episode, thank you so much. And um, if you have any questions at all, especially about admission stuff, just reach out to the admissions office. You can see various ways to contact them on their website, but uh, thank you all. And, uh, Tune in for our next episode, which will be out shortly. Thanks.